Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Revenge of Cinema podcast. I'm your host, Chase Schulte. The goal of this podcast is once again to prove that going to the cinema is better than streaming online or doing anything else. So once again, I'm back with Nate Nazario from Philadelphia and Nate Cruella DeVille and Evan Nick Harris. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yo, what's up? Thank you. Why don't you take a moment to uh, introduce yourselves? Um, so my name is Evan Harris. Uh, I'm 19 years old. Um, I'm currently studying film and television at Drexel University. Um, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a lifetime lifetime movie lover. Love going, been going ever since I was ever since I was a kid. So yeah, yeah. And Nate, my uh, you know I'm I'm Nate Carilla Devell. Uh, I'm an entertainment arts management major at Drexel, or just business and entertainment for simple terms. And I was always a movie lover. I, like, I came out the womb with the DVD player. So it's like, you know, it's, it's just one of my hobbies at this point. Love, love to hear it. That is a great line. Came out of the womb with a DVD player. I'm going to be using that one for the future. And that might be the tagline of the podcast right off the bat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Evan's really cracking up there. <laughs> I am. I am. That was perfect. That was great. That was perfect. I did not expect that. Wow. Um. So just like to start off, I want to ask you guys, um, you know, we usually start off with like some, you know, pre-decided questions and stuff, but I would kind of want to go off script and um, ask you guys about your favorite movies and what's your favorite in-theater experience that you've ever been a part of. Evan, would you like to take care of this first, film major? Um, yeah, so anyone who knows me knows that my favorite movie of all time is How to Train Your Dragon. Woo! Um, it's just, you know, it's one of it's honestly, um, I saw it when it first came out, um, came out, I think back in 2010. Um, I was still just a kid at the time. I did get to see it in theaters. Um, and I don't know, it was just when I saw it at the time, um, I, I just the character of Hiccup, I could really um, relate to him a lot. You related to a dragon? Yeah, to Dragon Toothless. That's the character I related to. Sometimes. Oh wait, oh, Hiccup's the person. Oh my gosh, see that's see that no, proves how many yeah. that proves how many times I've seen it. I've seen it. No, I was once. actually born. I was actually born a dragon. So. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, that's okay. why I love it so much. That makes sense. My bad. Um, I was like Hiccup. I was like that. And then I was like Toothless. Oh shit. <laughs> All right, go on, go on. But um, yeah, I mean, I just love the story so much. Honestly, the whole trilogy. Um, I absolutely adore it. Um, so yeah. How about you, Nate? So it's like, it's kind of hard to pick because for me, it's my favorite movie at that moment. So it's like, I can have a movie that I'm in the mood for, and then I can have a movie that's like, oh, I can sit down and watch it every day. Like, I watched The Grinch and Cat in the Hat, I don't know, like millions of times because it's one of my favorite movies to watch. But I guess like growing up, I really stuck with uh, Night at the Roxbury. It was like a, a spinoff from the SNL classic with Will Ferrell. I forgot the other guy's name. It was, I can tell you every line, every dance, every song, every move from that movie. Like that's that's one of my classics. It really hits home for me with that one. That's a good answer. I don't really hear that one when people talk about their favorite movies, but yeah, that's a good one. And Nathan, I'm sure we know what you're about to say again. Actually, I'm gonna go a little bit, you know, unexpected. My second favorite movie became my favorite movie recently, and that's Interstellar. 
Ooh, okay, switching it up. No more yeah. Batman versus Superman. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Like... Where'd, the, where'd the switch come from? I'm shocked. I you just, got, you I, gotta take down your poster. No, you gotta take down your I poster. I gotta take down my poster now. <laughs> I, gotta <laughs> take down poster. I, I can. I'll send over my Interstellar poster. Yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I watched like a couple scenes last night, just like to watch it, and I'm like, God damn it. It made me cry just watching the scene. I'm like, God damn it. I love this movie so much. It's, it's kind of hard not to cry. To it literally, it literally is not hard. You should like have like a try not to cry challenge to that movie. It, it's one of those type of movies, you know. It's like it's, yeah. like a tearjerker. It's, it's definitely it's a tearjerker. I just with, love with, the slow burner. Like it's literally slow burning throughout the whole movie. I just absolutely love it. Yeah. The one that gets me is the beginning when when he's leaving. That's the one that oh, gets yeah. me. The ending, yeah. the ending, yeah. not so much. I'm not really sure why, but the ending and also the scene when you know the where McConaughey's crying. That that yeah. gets me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unpopular about? unpopular opinion. I prefer his his performance in Interstellar over his in Dallas Buyers Club, which he actually won the Oscar for. I can see that. I mean, uh, there's a lot yeah. of movies yeah. that I believe actors deserve an Oscar for compared to other movies that they've done. Like, I, I personally believe that Andrew Garfield should have got that Oscar for his, his role in Tick, Tick, Boom. But Oh, my. Yeah, that, I, I think like, – did you guys – did you guys – did you – Yeah. So good. His, he was so good. So good. Did you guys print out, um like, Oscar fill-in cheat sheet stuff? Because I filled in mine with, like, uh, Andrew Garfield. Um, oh, I wish I could pull up that picture or find that. Because I wanted him and Kristen Stewart to win. These would just be like the underdog year, just like yeah, people yeah. we grew yeah. up with, Spider-Man, yeah. and for other people, Twilight. I don't, think, I don't think I've done an Oscar cheat sheet since, I think, feel like 2018 was the last time I probably did. Like, I was like really into the Oscars since then. I was like, eh, I, I watched the Oscars, yeah. but I'm not really, Yeah. You know, I, I've been I've been disappointed way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like this, year, this year is no different when they released the shortlist. For the oh Oscars. my yes! Oh my gosh! Um, there are only but only ten categories. Not none yeah, of the major stuff yet. But everything, everywhere, all at once wasn't for best visuals, and that yeah, was, that's oh, yeah. that was just a crime. That was just a crime. Okay, what well, crime yeah. for me? What I saw today is the Batman original score was cut off for the shortlist. Really? Oh, I didn't see that. Was it cut off? The original the the score for the Batman, like the best original score, the Batman didn't make it. I'm like, oh, wow. This, and did like you guys so see the Golden Globe nominations? I did not see the Golden Globe nominations yeah. yet. Yeah, me neither. It's so weird. Some of these picks for, I don't even know, for like best actor in a drama, there's one from like a random Irish movie. Yeah. Some of these, some sometimes I think some of those Ricky Gervais things they say are true. <laughs> I'm honestly starting you know, to believe that. that more know. than sometimes. More than yeah. sometimes. <laughs> and I'm starting to realize um, like, some of these movies aren't like, for me, at least, I think that some of these movies aren't really picked by the viewers because I'm over here looking at like nominations that don't make any sense. Like an example could be a uh, best actor, and I don't see Austin Butler up there for his Elvis performance. It's like, bro, like there's something wrong. Like this is one of like the best movies of 2022, and you don't have him up there. I think he's for Golden Globe because they break it into categories. They do musical comedy weirdly, and then they do drama. I think he's. I think he made the. Sh- the nomination though i think he did i'm not sure i, I have a, up, but... I have a slight confession to make um, uh-oh i i haven't seen elvis yet me either <laughs> i have not seen it either. <laughs> it's such a good movie such a good movie but like Chase, for the viewers like... at home i'm hold i'm holding up this um this collection of old elvis dvds viva las vegas it happened at world's fair speedway spin out harem scarum and jailhouse rock hmm. um yes man. 
And yes. for other people who don't know, I know we mostly talk about movies here, but Elvis is just one of these prominent figures in my life um, and my favorite singer of all time. And um, my parents always tell me that one of the first movies I ever got, aside from, I think, Titanic, which they had in their collection, was at in preschool. They were doing a yard sale, and I went um, there, and I bought an Elvis VHS of one of his 1960s movies called Follow That Dream. Not one of his most prominent ones, but I watched that movie so many times I broke the tape. And oh, wow. So wow. it's just yeah, little see, little extra tidbit about my life. You see, uh, the first VHS tape I bought was for Scary Movie 2. And I was like a good maybe five years old. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> I think nothing will ever beat me having Lion King on VHS and that mm-hmm. John breaking like like I, I broke my heart. It broke my heart like when Mufasa died, bro. Like it broke my heart. I was like so distraught. It breaks everybody heart. It breaks everybody heart. I got double I had, double trouble. I had Star Wars. Um, it was Return of the Revenge. No, frick, I'm messing up my um. Come on, mess. Come on. This, 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 how can you mess this up? You have an Empire oh, poster on your wall. It was um, yeah. Like Take Wars. down that poster. Um, Take down the poster. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't Empire Strikes Back. Actually, it wasn't Empire Strikes Back. It was um Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Return um, of the Jedi, the sixth movie, 1983. Yeah, the sixth movie. That's the one I had on VHS, and then um. Blood King and it got destroyed in a flood. No, oh, heartbreaking. Hurricane Katrina. Um, no, Hurricane Harvey. Mm. Damn. Damn. I was hoping you were gonna. I was hoping you were gonna <laughs> say maybe you saved the VHS, but no. Nah, I couldn't. I could honestly. I forgot it. I was too stressed over you know the floods and stuff. I kind of. Evan's <laughs> <laughs> given the tape CPR. Breathe. <laughs> 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 Mouth to I mouth. had to choose. I had to choose between my dog and the Star Wars VHS. <laughs> you know, it was a tough call. It was a tough call. <laughs> hey, my, and little embarrassing one, but my parents uh, know well enough. When I come back home here on vacations and stuff, one of the first things I do after saying hi to them, obviously, saying hi to my dog, I'll literally come downstairs and like check on my DVDs. <laughs> you should, as you said. I got, I got like, I got like twelve hundred DVDs down here, and I check out. Go ahead. Let's see. I check on them and I check on my posters. <laughs> Are you one of those people who get home and like their parents, your parents like go for a hug and you're just like, boof, and you come straight <laughs> for the DVDs? <laughs> I think I did that when I came home from college because I only I saw them like a week before because I came home to get my car to move out. But yeah. when I came home from Europe, um, you know, I saw them obviously picking me up from the airport. But then I, I think I came down <laughs> stairs and I just hung out down here, put on a movie or two, then just sort of. Cat- I, I don't know for me i like cataloging my stuff making sure i have everything like check rechecking what i have especially for my posters because i have s- s- too many i have to <laughs> i have to make sure i have um in my basement like what's correct and i even found myself messing that up because i was sending people lists of what i have to buy and they're they ask oh like let me see do you have parallel mothers still from last year the almodarvo film almodovar wow almodovar almodovar film and I like, and I'm like, yeah, like they PayPal me the money, and I go downstairs, and it's not there. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say I, I sort of spend a lot of time. You know, it's just kind of fun. But anyways, I want to ask you guys. We've all been to the movies together at least once this past year. Um, I want to bring up the thing that maybe maybe started this idea for this joint podcast real fast this week. Um, was our little anecdote about um, our dear friend Evan uh, crying in the movie theater at Multiverse of Madness. Um, yes, 
<laughs> I had to, um, yeah, I listened to last week's podcast and I was like, I have to, um, I have to defend my <laughs> stance on multiverse on madness because I'm sure I, I'm sure a lot of people are mad that <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed the movie a lot. But let me, let me just, let me just, let me just put, play this out for y'all. All right. So I actually did watch multiverse. I watched multiverse of madness again two nights ago. Um, and I was like, well, you know, how, how does this movie hold up? How does this movie hold up? Right. I didn't cry this time. I've only, let me point out, I've only cried, ever cried the first time I watched the movie. Right. And it wasn't for like the actual story or it wasn't for like what was happening or really anything like that. It was purely just because of, um, Elizabeth Olsen's performance to me. Um, it's just that, that last scene um where she's you know she's with her kids in the other universe um and she's realizing like oh man i like i'm i'm totally in the wrong right now um and just that last performance where she just drops on her knees and she just absolutely just like just loses it and it, like it was just purely just her performance in that moment like that i don't know that like that kind of connected to me I'm also an empathetic crier. <laughs> so like if someone cries, it usually I'm also going to start crying <laughs> as well. Um, so yeah, and you know, as you know, out of all the kind of phase four projects, I feel like I don't know, I one, I was the most excited for Multiverse of Madness. Um, just my hype and you all three of y'all can know, like my hype for Multiverse of Madness was really up there. Um I think when we were walking into it, you were, you were almost like excited the the entire time. You were just like a little jittery. You were yeah, jittery. I know. You I was were... I was nervous. I was nervous as heck just because you know with all the with the phase four projects before, uh, you know they weren't that good. So I was I was so worried about this movie, and I was like, oh, is this is not going to be good. Like, how's it going to be? I was so nervous to watch the movie, but you know I was also excited for it. Just you know. Um... But yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely like that first watch. We all know, we all have that experience of that first watch. You come out of the movie, you're like, oh my gosh, that was the greatest thing ever, right? Um, my opinions have changed on the movie ever since. Um, I don't think it's as good as a movie that as I thought it was initially. No longer um, a 9.5. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I probably would give it maybe like a 3 out of 5 now, rather than, uh, I think I gave it a 4.5 out of 5 last time or something like that. Yeah um but actually when i watched it two nights ago i enjoyed dr strange a lot more in the movie hmm. um which was something i didn't expect because dr strange has never been one of my favorite characters in the mcu but yeah. you see it was funny even though i didn't like i didn't 100 percent enjoy the movie the parts i did enjoy was dr strange i feel like his character was a great in this movie he oh, was yeah. he was like yeah. he was like the right amount of quippy to me like, he's like yeah the, i just like the right amount of quippy i just can't forgive the writing and the one line that i still make fun of with my um friend from back home here garrison who will be on the podcast hopefully next week um is you'll have to do more than kill me to kill me and <laughs> that's after he becomes zombie strange and i just can't i can't forgive the writers for that that's just as you know, a screenwriter like, myself that is just so bad <laughs> for me it was um 
Illumina Illuminati. You've definitely heard the word Illuminati before. Like, come on. He was a PhD doctor. Come on. Yeah. He, he's smart enough to know how to say Illuminati in the pronunciation. Like, right, right. He's a PhD. He has a PhD. Come on. The PhD. Now listen, it's the crash. The crash messed him up. You know, he he messed up some of the words. But you know, there. you know the Illuminati was sending. Hard. They you you know the Illuminati was sending him letters when he's that high class doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that whatever award show that was probably Illuminati he was headed to. Yeah, right. The, the person he was talking yeah. to that was having him talk during his car ride, part of Illuminati. Like, hey, here's the diagnostics. Like, come on now. Set it all up. <laughs> yeah. But you know, Evan, it's like I enjoyed the movie too, and I'm not gonna sit here and like you know just disagree the fact that you are liking the movie now. Like, I I think I liked the movie. But it didn't fit the expectations I originally had for it because, like, when they said multiverse, you know, everyone's excited. I knew I was excited as like a, a big fan growing oh, up. Definitely. I heard Sam Raimi multiverse and Marvel, oh, yeah. and it literally, yeah, it literally just like changed the whole game. I'm like, we about to see Ghost Rider, Punisher, Dared. Like, we're gonna see everybody in one film. <laughs> and then when I heard like Sam Raimi had to cut some of the things because like I guess Marvel. I was like, "Oh, that sucks!" Like, well, come on, we could have had more yeah. cameos. I think the, I think this, I think they said the original cut was like three hours, five minutes, or something like that. Yeah. And after the studio cuts, it became what two hours, six minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's I a short Marvel movie comparably. So less, but I, don't, I honestly don't think there's any wrong, anything wrong with a shorter Marvel movie. Um, like if you ask me, I think movies these days are too long. Like you know yeah. that last Avatar ooh, two movie, ooh, how long? Ooh. Three and a half hours? Like come on, that's a little excessive. I enjoyed ev not every minute of Avatar two, <laughs> but I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot more of Avatar two than I did Avatar one. And oh, I'm 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 a I'm an avid Avatar hater. I even think my current Instagram note is Avatar is overrated, and I'm getting some fire from some of my friends no, on I that. No, I think it's overrated too. I, <laughs> I think you're totally in the right for that. I think don't get me wrong. When I first watched it, I enjoyed it, and I got the game for the PS3. But I don't think. Hear me out. I might have a lot of backlash. <laughs> it does not beat Avengers Endgame in the box office. I, I'm sorry. Very but true. The fact it's that definitely. Yeah, most definitely. It's the polarized type from James Cameron and Worldwide, and they're just yeah. releasing it for a fourth time. Endgame did that on one time. Yeah, it took Avatar three releases, and that. also if you think about it, it's literally a very simple action and space movie plot. Oh, and also no, the, you watch I, it; it's very simple. My biggest quip with it: it has the most unoriginal name for a um, like a space element ever, unobtainium. Just they took the word unobtainable and slapped the ending of an element on it, unobtainium. Horrible. Horrible. It's it's and I remember I watched it. I watched the first Avatar to prepare for the second one, and I was legit like, "Wow, it's like I'm watching a video game cutscene right now." Like these visuals don't hold up to me, anyways. I've had I've talked to some people and they're like, "Oh my gosh, the visuals still look amazing." I'm like, "How?" Um, I think the dialogue in the movie is just bad. I did not enjoy the writing in the movie at all. Yeah, I just yeah, I just don't I just don't enjoy it. I don't know why, but I just don't don't enjoy the movie. You know, I can like after you saying that, I can actually agree with that because like it does feel like a video game cutscene. Like it literally when I told you I had the game with the PS3, it literally is an exact copy of the game, but just pixelated, and it's the scariest thing because I'm watching like my That's... I'm watching the character turn into the Navi, and I'm like, this is from the movie. Like they just pixelated this. Like what? <laughs> Straight from the movie, Jason. Straight from the movie. 
Yeah, and I just I just watched it in um in a showcase, um not in an IMAX screen, which I think was the problem because like I was sitting there and Garrison's like I think this like the pixel rate or whatever the like the the quality of it's not as good and it just seems a little like slow. The frame rate was slowed down because it wasn't an IMAX screen and we looked it up after and he was correct. He was exactly correct on it. So I think we're going again. We're going to do a double feature of Babylon and Avatar 2 IMAX um, in 3D as well to try to get see if we're missing something because I, I, I walked out of it thinking it was way better than Avatar 1. He walked out of it like, eh, it doesn't really have the same gravity as Avatar 1 and the same scope and scale. Um, but what he said he didn't like were the things that I liked. I thought it was so cool, all the water stuff. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen because this is literally like, what, four or five days after Avatar 2 yeah, has come I, out? I haven't, I haven't seen the second one yet. I haven't seen the second yeah. one yet. Yeah. So, but just to, just to preface, in the first three days, it became like the number three movie grossing for the world. It it underperform, underperformed and got $453 million at the box office in three days. That's insane. Which is wild to me because I, I honestly did not think that so many people were going to be into avatar 2 especially like if you weren't around for the first avatar movie um i didn't think that too many people were going to be so excited for the avatar 2 movie especially uh, especially with um how long it was um too. yeah especially it being maybe 13 years late right you know what I'm saying? It was like hey, 13 years late yeah James it's Cameron not even that's they built it into the story they built it into the story and True. um I gotta give them props. The re-release in September probably draw drew in um, millions of new viewers, and so that that builds up the hype for Avatar two. And I really like I like directors who plan out a series. Like I, on popular opinion, Nathan's gonna hate me, but I like how James Gunn's planning out ten full years of DC, and I'm sure with his creative mind and comic book, like how he sticks to the comics a lot, I'm sure that. He'll think everything through and deliver something unique and different. But James Cameron, you see, he, I didn't. I never said James Cameron. I'm sorry. Let me interrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say James Cameron has. I never said Avatar I one it. through five planned, yeah. and this it's Avatar two is the the stepping stone. All right, go, Mr. Yeah, DC I was gonna Super say, fan. I, don't, I never said. I I never said I hated James Gunn. I admire what he's doing. It's just that one actor that you know kind of pissed me off. <laughs> Yeah, I know. just taking away that one actor. That's all. Like, I love James Gunn. James Gunn. I'm think he's doing amazing. He's literally taking the next ten years of DC and painting it with TV shows, movies, yep. games, mm-hmm. animated, everything. I love that. But just keep Henry Cavill. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll um, they'll bring him back for something. But I think this really uh, really stinks for Henry Cavill, the fans. And also the James Bond fan base because they're all hyped up now that Cavill's free to play James Bond now. So True. It's. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather still see him as Superman than James Bond. Like, don't get me wrong, you know, I, I've been a fan of James. Yeah, don't I've been all. a fan of James Gunn ever since he made the Scooby Doo movies. You know, what I'm saying like the, the, those two movies are like still part of my childhood. But I really think like. I believe that Henry Campbell will be coming back because they, there's no way they can. I think Black Adam was a good movie, right? And there's no way. Hot take. The, like, it's a hot take. Hot take. But like, hot you know, take. Listen, From the director I, of every Liam Neeson movie ever. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think Black Adam was a good movie. AKA one Liam Neeson movie. <laughs> For what we've gotten, like, 
for me, I guess, because I honestly could not stand the Justice League movie. I like the Zack Snyder cut, but I, I did not like the, the Justice League movie. Nathan, don't kill me. I've told you before. I wasn't a fan of the Batman vs. Superman movie for I, a while. Oh, like, oh, I was, for a while. Until I rewatched it, and I can see that there's some good parts that I didn't realize growing up. Like, it's just, there's so many things that I didn't really mess with with the DC. And when I saw Black Adam, I'm like, okay. And then uh, I think recently it was like something rumored about The Rock and James Gunn talking about just Black Adam 2 because it was already in the books that they were going to make this. And James Gunn and him worked in the past. Yeah, nope. So he was like, they're going to they're gonna discuss something. And they just showed Henry Campbell in, in a sort of cameo way for the DC. So there's no way they're going to just say, hey, we're going to bring you back and then say, never mind. There, there's definitely going to be a movie or something. Well... But unfortunately, you know, The Rock said on his Instagram that black he's done with Black Adam. Yeah. So that sucks. Yo, he, took, <laughs> he did so much campaigning for that, and now it's just done. Literally. That, he, literally he literally said the hierarchy of DC is going to change. Yeah, it did. It wasn't <laughs> you, though. For me, um, James Gunn, what got me on board was, well, one, I do love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Agreed. Um, of course, I think it, that Guardians is some of Marvel at its best. But what really got me on board with James Gunn was the Suicide Squad movie. Um, actually, it's like it's ugh, I could go on and on about how much I love the Suicide Squad movie. Just I love how James Gunn understands that these these are comic book movies. You know, like they shouldn't be taken so seriously as the trend has been for yep. um, for the comic book movies. And I think that the Suicide Squad is just a great framework on how to make a comic book movie feel like a comic book and peacemaker and peacemaker yeah peacemaker was really well done. yeah i disagree with with martin scorsese and quentin tarantino's like like one of the only times i disagree with quentin tarantino is when they say that these comic movies aren't cinema and it's not true to like the essence of movies and it sucks that they're in theaters and stuff taken away from these better films i'm like these are the these are the movies that are keeping these cinemas open and these are the it's, movies that are, yeah, like, and these are the, the Irishman are, went straight to Netflix. That didn't even have a theater release. Exactly. How can Martin Scorsese say it's not cinema, but then puts his most recent three and a half hour long movie onto Netflix? <laughs> and not only that, but these comic book movies, these are honestly movies that are defining a generation. Like, there's like a generation of people that have are born into the era of comic book movies you know what i mean like like you said comic book movies are the main movies that are being premiered in movie theaters still the a big reason why movie theaters are still not out of business to this day is because of comic book movies because the best way to watch those movies is in a movie theater you know i totally agree this reminds me yeah this reminds me of like you know how like if you talk to any old person ever they're like oh westerns are some of the best movies ever i feel like like what evan said that like we're born into gener- this generation of superhero movies as if, like, you know, this is going to be us 50 years from now talking about, if we talk about old people, it's like, oh, Western's the best movie. We're going to be like, superheroes were the best movie. It's going to be that type of thing. Like, this is our generation. Yeah, yeah and then in, like, 2045, they're going to say, Avatar 15 is the greatest movie of all time. The day I hear so, someone say It'll that, be, like, five and a half hours yeah, long. The day I hear someone say <laughs> Avatar 15 is the best movie ever is, like, I was like, well, obviously you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Let me, let me put you on some real quick. Cause, <laughs> but, no, I, I truly agree with the idea that comic book movies and just superheroes are our generation's Western movies, kind of like what you said, Nathan. But don't get me wrong. I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick. There's some comic book movies that 
aren't so good. You know, I I'm a fan of Morbius, the character in the comics. I love Morbius. <laughs> and when I got a live adaptation, I was hoping for the best. I'm like, oh my god, my favorite Spider-Man villain's finally getting a movie. And then all this cuts happened where Spider-Man was supposed to have references in it, and I was like, okay, maybe it's still gonna be a good movie. I like the fact that there's a movie for it, but I wouldn't say it's the best movie I've ever seen. But I'm still willing to promote that I love Morbius and the fact that I only have one live adaptation or show or slash movie cinema for it. I'm going to say that I like the movie just because I have something for it. What did you think of the whole adding in Michael Keaton's Vulture and like that whole thing like into the Sony vert? Like, are they what do you think they're going to do? Because you have the MCU, you have the Rami verse and then you also have the web verse and now those have combined in no way home um spoilers but if you haven't seen no way home right now and you're listening to this podcast what are you doing and <laughs> <laughs> and are they gonna like because the, now they've threw vulture into what is that the web verse technically or the sony verse yeah. i think it's technically um is it the sony verse i feel like i think it's the sony verse i just say yeah, because I think they, it's it's con, it's, con, yeah, it's, yeah, it's confusing verse, because yeah. mark webb directed the garfield spider-man so when i say web like it's confusing yeah. <laughs> i honestly think well you can you you can answer first Nate, since it's, since it's your movie listen like i think okay so i've said this before like the trailer, I think what pissed off people the most about Morbius was that it was just bad. Like, the story was too quick. It was bad. And all the things that were in the trailer, referencing Spider-Man and all that, were just taken out. And there's even a scene where Michael Keaton looks like he's next to an ambulance truck. And he's like, what's up, Doc? Like, first of all, that's Bugs Bunny cameo. Second of all, uh, it's like they're introducing the character earlier in the movie. But, like... I forgot who said, like, oh, we have to have all these cuts. Or I think the fact that Spider-Man No Way Home was released before Morbius, even though Morbius was supposed to be released before that, but due to Jared Leto getting COVID, they had to push production. Um, There was supposed to be a... Like, if you watch the trailer, don't look up the newest trailer. Look up the first release trailer. You will see Murderer with Sam Raimi Spider-Man on the wall. From, the from like four movie. and a half years ago. Yeah, and it's like, it's so, it's like, when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, that's, that's Toby's Spider-Man suit. And it's murderers showing that like, there's people mad that Spider-Man quote-unquote killed, killed Mysterio. There's an Oscorp tower, like everything. I was like, oh my god, this is the movie. Then Spider-Man No Way Home happened, and as you said, Chase, if you haven't seen the movie, then what are you doing? Get off this podcast, watch the movie, then come back. Like, now everyone doesn't know who Spider-Man is. So it's like, oh, now we have to take out all these references to Spider-Man and how it's connecting to Morbius. And the way they just brought Michael Keaton in at the end makes no sense because after the spell from Doctor Strange literally said, hey, let's bring everyone back to their universes, not send people from our universe to others. It's just, it made no sense at all. And I hope that what they did with Tom Hardy made no sense at all. Like you brought someone just to give him the suit instead of having like a cameo in a fight. I hope that even Tom Hardy's Venom is going to show an appearance with Morbius and Michael Keaton at least. Or maybe Andrew Garfield, because I call it the Tasm universe. It has like that eerie, dark feeling that I feel like that they're going to have a movie, some some sort of movie coming up. And that's just hope. I definitely agree. I... Yeah, and that, that sorry, the Craven the Hunter movie that's coming out next year, that's just like, it's like one of the last of that, the weird like strand, I think, before they're going to bring it all together. And it's Aaron Taylor Johnson who plays Quicksilver. So what happens... 
And don't forget about the Bad Bunny El Macho movie. The Spider-Man, the Sony-verse. You can't forget Bad Bunny. <laughs> That's going to complete the sentence of six. Cannot wait. What I... Cannot wait for El Macho. Honestly, Nobody said that ever. What I honestly think is... I honestly do believe that they're going to... Uh, I think they're going to abandon it. I think they're going to abandon that storyline. Um, I see... Just yeah, to an agree. I don't think they're gonna take um like um completely like take away everything that happened in the movie, but kind of to me with how everything turned out with the scheduling and everything like that, I don't think it makes too much sense anymore. Um, I've given my opinion on having Vulture in that universe in the first place and how that makes absolutely no sense to me. <laughs> um, for anyone who doesn't know, my main grievance is um how. The Vulture has an entire family in the MCU, and they made it a point to show that in Spider-Man Homecoming, his entire family, and then he shows up in this new universe, not worried about his family at all. <laughs> Just, hey, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and cause, cause some mayhem, which just doesn't make sense to me. Um, but yeah, I think like the whole Venom thing that they're going for in the MCU, I think that's definitely going to stay. But I do think that they're probably. I feel like they're gonna abandon having the the vulture um in that universe, whatever they're doing with that, because it just doesn't make too much too much sense. Yeah, that, and... yeah. What what felt weird was that if you remember at Homecoming too, the reason he made the suit, like the suit is made of Jatari tech from mm-hmm. Avengers movie. So how did he get that tech into exactly. the song? And on top of that, I thought the spell made people uh, forget who Spider-Man was. So why the hell is he saying, I feel like a Spider-Man guy did something with it? Like, everyone forgot who Spider-Man is. Like, like... Well, everybody forgot who... Oh, Peter Parker, Peter Parker is. is. I didn't think about that. Damn. Yeah. I was having a brain fart. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> rewind that. Rewind that. All right. So clearly... It- it seems like a lot of our favorite in theater experiences from 2021 at least was like No Way Home. It sounds like the biggest Marvel movie. And 2022, yes. I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna guess uh, the Batman for a lot of people, multiverse for Evan because you got to well, see his mother. Not on actually, screen. actually, it wasn't really? Movie. No, it was actually the better multiverse movie of the year. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Ooh. Um, I feel, oh my, I just think it's a masterpiece of a movie. I think it's it's my top movie of 2022. It has been since I first watched it. Um, I think it's a, um, I just think it came out the wrong weekend, which is why it wasn't as big as it should have been. It came Was it out Valentine's Day? It came out the same weekend as Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> no, that can't be, that can't be true. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that'll do yeah, it. That'll, that'll do it. it. <laughs> No, because it was back in February when when everything all at once came out. I'm pretty sure, right? Was it back? I'm, in fe- no, I remember no? it being. I remember it being the first um the same weekend as um Multiverse of Madness. I think. Let's um, see. It released March 11th. Yeah. Multiverse of Madness was May. Multiverse of Madness was May. Multiverse of Madness was May. Yeah, bro. They always go for May. Notice how all the Marvel movies come around April 30th, May 4th. May the fourth be with you. Disney reference for the Star Wars, like everything. Like they always try to do that, and I. Yeah, man. Yeah, okay, well then don't don't listen to me. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I, I I missed I missed seeing everything everywhere all at once in theaters. I every night that I was free, I was working at the Landmark Ritz Five. Um, and so all like even all my coworkers like Chase, you're like the mo- like you're the, the like movie guy here. Like why are you not like why haven't you seen this? Back then, I didn't I I thought it was a sham. I thought it I thought it was gonna be uninteresting. Like I was like. Pfft, I can just wait till streaming. Oh yeah, I did. Too. Literally the opposite of my entire agenda. I said I will wait to stream it. 
because I thought it was just like you know every year there's that movie that gets so hyped up and it's mm-hmm. just mid, and yeah. um, I think I was I was wrong I was wrong and I know a lot of my friends will agree or disagree with me because I have some friends who are like that movie's just mad and I have some people who are like this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. And yeah, I, just... I give it in between the like if I were to give it like a truth, it's like an eight point two ish out of ten. I think I give it a four and a half because I'm letterboxed. Um, and by the way, I'll drop all your letterboxes in the, in the link of the podcast, <laughs> um, along with your socials. Um, but I just think it's one of those movies that that's held up to the hype, and I just really love uh, Michelle Yeoh. She is just amazing, Absolutely. badass. She gave an amazing... She's a Everyone badass. Gave a great performance in that movie. Um, I forget who. Um... The dad, I forget the actor for Kehi Kwan. Yeah, short short round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, gave an excellent performance. Just the way he was able to switch characters on the fly like that. Um, like oh my goodness, it, it was just all the performances were amazing. I talked about a little bit earlier on the visuals were just breathtaking for me. Even in like a like I watched it first in theaters and then I watched it in streaming and it really is like a movie theater movie. Like, and you really have to enjoy it in a movie theater, I believe, to really get the full experience of it. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's just a better multiverse movie. Just in just the way that they handled like the idea of having a multiverse and how we can explore the multiverse, it was so unique to me. It was so unique to me. So yeah, definitely for me too. Like, I would say I would give it a four point five out of five. Yeah. I definitely, obviously, my favorite movie experience of obviously 2022 was the Batman. That that movie is phenomenal for me. But my other favorite movie, and Nate can back me up with this, is when me and Nate went to go see Jackass 4. Underrated. <laughs> Underrated. That was the experience. I feel like Nate could take that away. <laughs> Underrated. <laughs> Nate could take when this I one tell away. You that I am probably one of the biggest Jackass fans you could ever talk to. Oh my God. Like, I remember telling Nathan, Evan, everybody, I was like, yo, you trying to like you trying to go see Jackass as soon as it comes out? And it was worth it. Even if no one was going to go, I was going to go watch it by myself without anybody, anybody. Like, I was ready to just go. Like, I, my favorite person from the Jackass crew is Steve-O, and I think I've expressed this enough. And actually, recently, I went to Steve-O's bucket list tour, and I got to take a picture with Steve-O after the after the show and it was like one of the best things i literally said that's the end of my bucket list i'm done because it's just watching him do stuff that obviously i was not able to do because i was too much of wuss growing up and just like make me have a good childhood because i remember that used to be one of the movies that i was not allowed to watch but it was on netflix and it was one of those movies i could just sit there and just laugh when i had like a long day or a hard day you know being young can be hard sometimes and just like watching jackass one jackass two like, it was just great. So seeing Jackass 4 and seeing these old-timers still doing their thing at their age, breaking bones, getting concussions, like, it was one of the best movies. Now, I would say, other than Multiverse of Madness, Jackass 4 was by far, like, the best thing I've seen in theaters. That's lovely to hear. It's one of those unpopular opinions about, you know, like, favorite movies of the year and, like, those franchises, you know, some people just find it, like, disgusting or like non-humorous but i find I am one so of those people kind of <laughs> not gonna lie i think you you left the room when we watched um jackass with uh nathan and maddie that 
was that, I think that was in my room. I, I think we invited you, but like you were like yeah, chose no, to do I homework just, or something. I, I've tried. I just I just incapable of enjoying a Jackass movie, and, and it's nothing against the movies. And I'm sure that everyone in the Jackass um and the Jackass crew is great. It's just not. It's just simply not for me. You know, there's some things that can be like I can I can respect how good the movies are, and I can respect someone who enjoys the movies. Just simply simply not for me. Nothing wrong with that, dude. Like I I, I can't <laughs> I can't even be mad at you because there's sometimes where. Like I'm not gonna expose his bucket list tour, but there are some of the things that he literally, but his bucket list tour is based off things that he was not able to post on Jackass because of how crazy it was. And I remember telling you guys like as soon as I was done, I was like, one of the things that he did was this, 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 and I was like, it was a crazy, but it was awesome to see. But a lot of people, you know, are queasy. Like he even said in the show that a lot of people pass out because of how gruesome or gr- grotesque some of the things are. And I, I would be one of those people. <laughs> and like <sighs> I'm pretty sure a lot not many people like to see uh someone with fully nude taking a crap everywhere and then like <laughs> just like throwing it at people or leaving it in the That was on his bucket list. What, that he wanted I, I, to I, like I, he chose. He chose to do that. And like, you chose to sit in the crowd while he threw that at you? Oh no, he didn't throw it. No, no, no. He didn't throw. It. I'm saying like in the oh. jackass. In the jackass. Oh. That's what they show. No, no. Sat there. You got wide-eyed You got Amber. You got Amber Heard over here. Yeah, I know. Blame it on the cat. Blame it on the dog. I mean, he was blaming it on his dog. No, but like sitting there, he. I just remember. I, I was gonna say like an uh, like an example of something. He talked about how he decided to do a a. Uh, a gag or a skit using amnesia and that's all i'm gonna say like you can see how bad it can be from using not amnesia um what's the thing that the doctors use to put you out uh like to go to go to sleep anesthesia anesthesia Anesthesia, not amnesia anesthesia where he did something with anesthesia into his skit where he would use it and then do something it's like that's scary but like it makes you want to watch to see what happens (laughs) so it's like oh no but what's happening like it's it's one of those moments and i feel like that's the same thing with all the jackass movies like i remember i think uh johnny knoxville was playing with a bull and the bull flipped him like three times and he ended up like breaking a hip and it was just like oh that's crazy yeah, i've never seen that in a trailer I've yeah like i was like oh that's crazy <laughs> can we see it again like can we, and he does it in slow-mo like it's it's one of those movies, and I, I will watch a Jackass movie. I still watch Jackass movies to this day. I watch it while I do homework. It's one of those movies I can sit back and just... That's another. That's one of my favorite movie series, I can say, that I watched in cinemas, is all the Jackass movies. Well, that's really respectable, and I just... Um, I really like how you got to like meet one of your heroes. It's like That's been like a year for that for me as well, meeting all these different people, which I'll dive into another episode um i'll talk about it in another episode but um before we wrap this up um i want to do like a give you one minute each i want you guys to talk about your favorite actor and defend why you think actor or actress and talk about why they're the best of all time um this is something that gets highly debated over um and i want to hear your opinions actor or actress i know with whoever has their favorite Go right ahead, take the floor. Who's ever ready? Go ahead, Evan. You went first the last time, so might as well keep it going. <laughs> All right, this is quick thinking right off the bat. 
Um, we talked about him a little bit early on the, um, in the podcast, but I do got to say Andrew Garfield is honestly one of my favorite actors of all time. Love the choice. Um, oh, yes. Social Network. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man. Tick, tick, boom. Any, any Andrew Garfield project that he's in, I will more likely than not always enjoy it. He always gives his, his greatest effort in all of his movies. Um, it's amazing to me that he hasn't won um, an Academy Award yet. Please, someone give him give him one, please. Like, come on. <laughs> um, for actress, um, again, right off the bat, I do got to say, um, just it's like right now, I, I feel like for actors, it kind of fluctuates depending on, um, like, after I watch a movie, I'm like, oh, I really enjoy this actress. But um, for right now, I am going to have to say Elizabeth Olsen. Um, just because um, with her whole history, right? You know, you had um, Mary Kay and Ashley. Um, um, those were the two big actors of her family, right? And imagine having those two, you know, they were in Full House and they were in a couple other projects. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, she did have to kind of fight from being in their shadow, you know what I mean? And she absolutely delivered on that. And any movie that I have her in, um, Angry Goes West, uh, we all know Multiverse of Madness, um, WandaVision, you know, again, Elizabeth Olsen, she always gives her, gives her, um, gives her most effort in any performance that she's in. Um, she's really good at making the audience feel the emotions that she's feeling. Like I said, you know, crying and multi-breath of madness. Um, it's definitely not something that I, I expected to do. And that's purely because of just Elizabeth Olsen's just raw talent. So I'm going to have to go with um, Andrew Garfield and Elizabeth Olsen. All right. Who's next? Um, okay. So when it comes to, you know, my complicated head, I, I can't really pick my favorite actor. But I can give you three of the same actors that are in the same, like, field for me that I can, like, I look up to. And they're, like, my favorite actor, and I would defend them no matter what. So it's Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, and Adam Sandler. The reason for that is just, like, I, I look up to those individuals. And uh, I said earlier I'm an entertainment arts management major, but I also worked at Eastern State Penitentiary for the season. And just, like, the way they change voices and they just, like, they're, they're comedians and their movies, like, everything about them just, like, is, like, so inspiring to watch. And, like, especially Jim Carrey, the faces and the voices he does and the way he acts. I incorporated a lot of that at Eastern State. The, like, his movies, I can sit there and laugh. Adam Sandler, the way he acts in general. Robin Williams is Robin Williams. Like, who can hate Robin Williams? It's sad that he passed away, but, like, it's... He, those three people I can like defend on any day. They they made my childhood, and they're continuously inspiring me every day to be who I am now. And for actress, I can say I think it's Zoe Zaldana. Zaldana. Uh, I, I butchered her name. She's Gamora. Zaldana. 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 She's Gamora in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. She's in the Avatar movies. She's in Death at a Funeral. She's I, I picked her out because, one, I can't really think of another actress other than Kat Dennings, but that's for another reason. <laughs> but she, like, I realized she's in a lot of projects and movies that I watch and I can sit there and enjoy other than Avatar. We talked about that earlier. But, like, I can say I can sit there and watch her movies day in and day out. And Nathan, to wrap it up. All right, for me, I've always said this. I absolutely love this person. Is Jake Gyllenhaal, and I know a lot of these Taylor Swifts out here are gonna try to beat me up, but 
come at me. I don't care. Um, this man is, well, one of the main reasons is I feel like this man is unrecognizable in each film he plays. He's literally a different person. I could literally Southpaw, Nightcrawler, Prisoners. Like, I'm surprised this man has not gotten an Oscar yet. But my favorite thing is, like, when you could sit there and watch this character. Like, I, me and Nate talked about this, that I have a gripe where actors play Timothy the Chalamet. The movie. I have a... The Rock. Yeah, literally. Or, like, The Rock. But The Rock's like, actually like the Rock, cool. Right? Timothy like, Chalamet's a loser. Great, but- Yo, he should not be. He should not be Wonka. Hashtag he should not be Wonka. <laughs> Didn't you take a picture? Didn't you take a? Weren't you taking a picture with him? Or yeah, and I met him, and he was the most cold person ever. He has no personality, absolutely none. Jeez, that's crazy. Nathan, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. I just want to say I hate Timothy Chalamet because he's just like Tom Holland. All these freaking fans only like him because he's attractive. They don't like him because of his acting. They only like the way his he looks. That's why people are gonna watch the Wonka movies because he's good looking. That's it. That's it. Are you saying you don't like Tom Holland? Oh, no, I like Tom Holland, but I hate how all these fake fans started stirring up because Tom Holland is attractive and they now like Spider-Man. Like, a little bit of a hypocrisy, but also I want to I say my little piece is that I, will, I am going to campaign against the Wonka movie because I am a lover of Gene Wilder and the original Willy Wonka movie, and nothing will ever top that in his performance, and he is just he is an all-timer right there. All right, you were saying Jake Gyllenhaal? Yes, yeah, yeah, pretty much Jake Gyllenhaal. I just feel like my favorite thing is that he's literally unrecognizable in each film. And I feel like the performance he gives, a like a 100% in his performance. And I just absolutely love it. And, and some of my favorite movies are with him. And you also want to add about um, Jake Gyllenhaal is that he's all, he's not just a movie actor. He's also a Broadway actor, which um, I'm really into Broadway. Um, and Literally, yes. He could a sing lot of his... people don't realize this, but yeah. acting in a movie is so much different than acting on stage. And for someone to have that much talent to be mm-hmm. able to be really good at acting both on the screen and on the stage, that does it takes a lot of talent. So yeah, I do I do applaud Jake Gyllenhaal for for doing that. That's good. Yeah, just um, give this man an award already. Some type of award. Just give him anything at this point. Um, actresses. Funny enough, I'll say the same thing. Nate Zoe Saldana, she's great. I loved her. I loved her ever since she played Gamora. Obviously, she's in the Avatar films, and for her to have that depth of range acting, even behind that computer generated face, is is good. Especially like for someone that's acting with only their voice. I feel like actors that act only with their voice, for example, Robin Williams, they're amazing. Well, I really appreciate all of you guys having the time to join me today, and I'm sure. We'll get our good buddies and all of our film communities to listen to this and hopefully spark some more conversations to get you guys back on very soon. Um, so yeah, thank you again, and I will see you guys all very soon. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Revenge of Cinema. Tune in again for more podcasts like this here on Spotify. And check out our website at revengeofcinema.wordpress.com for the latest articles and content featuring reviews, ratings, reactions, and more. I'm your host, Chase Schulte, and remember, cinema isn't dead. Our imagination is.